Blog Talk Radio. Ooh, I got a little three stuff. Places that we're all at. 
but and then the really the legitimate people that really want to contribute. Yeah, you know, got to be away for those people that. Are, well, this show is reaching out to you, so out to the universe. We're reaching out to those real people, the ones that really want to make a difference in the world, and we want to create a place and, and an environment where that can happen. So to all our relations, to all our relations, there you go. to those we know and those we don't. Yeah, exactly. You know. To 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 everybody, you know, this guy here is um, representing the people's chapter. Man, who who gets more more involved in that? You know, I'm the headquarters chapter, the head of the headquarters chapter, which means we're the guys that kind of started it. We're kind of leading the way on some level, and some some ways we follow, but. Um, we were the ones that kind of got it started. So, you know, we got the clubhouse that, that that's the, the headquarters clubhouse. Yeah. But but we got chapters that are local that we have. We have chapters that are regional. And then we have some chapters that are um, unique to a community or a group of people. We have a children's chapter that has functioned in, in, in some ways. And, and we, we now have a people's chapter. And, and the, the purpose of the people's chapter was because when we were moving along, you know, we're 10 years into being this 501c3, but a couple of years ago I started working with uh, some indigenous people, some native folks, some Indians, as they called themselves, and, and we were taking on some causes that were specific uh, to these people. And, and, you know, if you know the history of, of these here United States realized that uh, when the settlers came over here, there was already some folks here. And turns out we've had some issues um, and those issues have been dealt with in some less than admirable ways that there's been all kinds of consequences for a lot of different people, generations and generations. And through it all, here we are today, you know, me, I didn't have anything to do with any of those things, but I want to help Nor did I. Didn't resolve suffer. those problems that exist. Well, and we so, didn't suffer a little bit, but we didn't suffer the, the suffrage that are, are... Not that kind of suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're in a spot now where all well, we can do... Except for the coronavirus now. That's a little different. Well, kind of like the smallpox. It could be. It could be. Who knows? There's certainly big mysteries out there. But the bottom line is, and this is the part that the human solution is today and always has been about, and yeah. look at the, the name that we chose, the human solution, mm. okay? So all of these problems that we talk about, yeah, they're a point in time, a point on the planet, a point out here, but what they identify is that there needs to be a solution sure. for it. Now, if you look at the media and you listen to social networking, the news, you listen to, to whatever your source of information is, what do we hear so much about? The problem, the problem, the problem, the problem with this, right. the problem with that, and oh my gosh, watch out for this and be afraid of that, and this and that. Ah! discussion and very little action yeah. to address them. Who talks about what we can do about it? Some, now and again. You know, uh, we're paralleling because we have a 501c3 for almost uh, about 15 years or uh -huh. a little bit longer. And it's the same purpose. Right. We formed it to address issues that needed action. And for all the rights, the same reason, the civil rights, the yeah. representation. Human protect, rights. Protect the medicine plant. All right. And it goes on and on and on. So as we, even as you establish yourself over a period of time, you, you get a very good picture of where the reality is at and where these underserved areas are. 
and you're hitting it right on the head. The veterans, Native American issues, absolutely, which are every, every folks. Issue. But the way we look at it is, it's a shared history that we all got cheated from. Yeah. So we're all disadvantaged and not really having an accurate picture of what the the real historical, um, ancient world uh, history of our continent is. For and yet. Time. The magic of all of this. Yeah. The magic of all of this is here we are today. Mm-hmm. And who can make the difference? Who right. can change it? Oh, yeah. Right. Us. Right. We right. can make all the difference in the world. And all we have to do is figure it out. It's a little puzzle. Well, too, also, there's not just the negative things in history. There's all the good things. Like Absolutely. Like the, the medicine plants. And so today, with technology, with unifying, with um, joining together to address some of these issues, we can share that information now, and it's really a global. I mean, when we look at these medicine plants, whether we like it or not, yeah, definitely yeah. a global situation. And so, um, I want to I want to kind of take a step back. First of all, this is a cup of Joe. We're a podcast. We're we're broadcast and podcast out there on Blog Talk Radio. We're on YouTube, and we're also um, streaming live on Facebook. And I would love to have you join the conversation. And today, as most of the time, we have Becca screening. And be gentle on Becca. She's going through a rough patch right now. She's hurting. And uh, we got to be there for her. And so be a, a good and kind listener. Um, if you want to call in and talk, pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. And let Becca know that you got something to say. Now, if we're going along and we're talking, and one of us or both of us had to say something that you go, hey, wait a minute, I got something I want to say about that. Just hang up and call back, and then we'll be able to put you in, in the queue. Uh, George Martorano is going to be calling in uh, maybe about a quarter till six, and he's going to be telling us a story about when he was locked up and the sickness that had gotten into prison when he was there. Oh. For those of you who don't know, George was – Locked up for pot for 32-plus years oh, in federal prison. And um, he got out a few years back. Yeah. Now, Craig Cecil, um, and I want to I showcase something here. So the Human Solution International is a 501c3 federally recognized nonprofit organization. And we believe that no one should ever be put into jail or prison for a plant. And we support a number of people that are locked up. And right now, you can see this guy, Craig Cecil. Craig usually calls into the show. And I just want everybody to understand that if you're stuck at home and you want to help out, if you could look at the information on the bottom right side of this, of this poster, this is the information to contact Craig. And he is currently serving a life sentence in Terre Haute, Indiana, and he may be able to join us today or not. I don't know. He didn't call in last week, and I haven't heard from him all week long, which means he's possibly, likely on lockdown. Yeah. Um, and he may not have access. But as a nonprofit human rights group, what we part of what we do is we support prisoners and we support defendants who are currently fighting a case. And Craig has been a friend of our organization and our show for almost seven years now. Hmm. And he calls in every week and he yeah. shares his thoughts and ideas. And, you know, the thing that Craig always does, this is a guy who's serving life in prison right now, like has no way to get out. Right. That's who we talked to last time. Who we talked to last time. And this guy always seems to have a positive attitude. Like, when you talk to him, if, if I was to just take his 
his conversation and just record it and not tell anybody that this is a guy who's behind bars right. talking to me without any hope of ever getting out of prison. His son died a couple of years ago while he was locked up, and he wasn't even able to go and, and, wow. and go to his funeral. He's been through every kind of horror. He's a diabetic. He's been denied medicine. He's been beat up. I mean, he's a good guy, and he helps other people, too. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to him, you would never know he was locked up. Well, it sounds like the man's accepted his fate. He's comfortable with it. He's dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you talk to people that are free and out here, <laughs> and they're, you would think they were locked up sometimes. Right. Oh, my God, you know, this and that, all well, these things. The fear that striking through communities. Uh, a lot. Amazing. A lot of fear, yeah. and and so faithless fear also. This it's really just sensationalism, misinformation. A lot of that, and we live in some really interesting times right now. And and common and, sense will go a long way. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I could like, I wish I could make a common sense bomb, like, and I mean that in the nicest way. Like like right. I could like I could just sit there and do an airburst over a town, and all of a sudden. You know, these stupid things we do would seem stupid because it would not make sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at if you look at some crazy crap like, okay, this whole coronavirus thing. I don't want to give too much attention to it because, right? You know, there's a lot of worse there's things out there that are that are energy. hurting us a lot worse than that. But right. but we have a government that has access to all the wealth of the world, literally. I mean, like our government has is big and strong and has everything it needs, right? And it could have just stopped at the second it felt his people were threatened. That means all of the people, right? And said, whoa, we got to stop this. We got to change everything, direct resources. Let's, let's, let's get the brightest minds we have in the world. Let's all bring together and, and have a, have a, have a, three, four a week convention to figure out a good plan, a global plan. Let's figure this thing out. But that's not what happened. No. No, yeah. no. One country did this, and one country did that. And our government kept bickering and said, well, we're going to do this. And then, oh, you're not going to do that. And then finally today, supposedly, they're supposed to be working some stuff out that <laughs> in weeks from now right. will begin to get implemented. That's amazing. Now, you got to wonder, and what if some of these elected officials we're personally at risk, like really at risk. You think they might have moved a little faster? Seems to be. I mean, now they're getting more infected every day. There's somebody new. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's on, in a sense, it almost kind of caught them off guard or maybe. Um, well, hopefully what's going to come of all this is that we're going to learn to to be better equipped. Yeah. So the same, same thing. Isn't is, it amazing how the – we went under a reduction of these services and equipments that we actually need now. Oh, yeah. And there was already a foresight that we would eventually have a pandemic of some viral. Absolutely. It's not like so, this isn't coming. We have movies about it. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we, like we, we've had plagues all throughout America, right. throughout world history. Right. You know, there's never been a shortage of a plague. Ebola should have been a warning. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a lot more deadly than this thing going on. But right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, everything is, is, is trudging along, and we have this, this world of information that we live in now, okay? And so, you know, you think back to the, the, the plagues of, of, of the world, right? We've had the 
Spanish flu, we had the Black Plague, right. you know, that, that, that was literally just wiped out so many people. And there's been all these other famine. Other, yeah, let's not even get into famine. Like, <laughs> like you want to talk about some real problems? It, it's, so, it's, it's, it's not funny because I've been really studying history a lot in the last couple of years and, right. and, and world history. And you know the worst thing that's ever happened in, in all of history throughout the Dark Ages and before? Was always famine. Well, it's going to be what's remarkable about this experience that it is a famine. There's a toilet paper famine. It's <laughs> striking all of North America. Exactly. Yeah, you can go it. try to find some in the stores today. Uh, you won't. But but the reality is, is in this world that we live in today, and 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 imagine what the world would be like if there was information shared as as it is today, as it was in the past. And you know, I was reading just today about you know some of the some of the great plagues of the world and the, the famines of of the dark ages and before you know in the in the early um, civilized history, and people literally were so hungry that they were eating each other. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. cannibalism is not an unusual thing in, in world history. Recently, it's pretty unusual, right? Don't well, you know, outside a lot of plane crash in the Andes where they had that. Yeah, but that's what was a really unique experience. Oh, yeah. But this was a thing where whole villages, whole communities were, like, dying and starving and right. anything come along, you know. They would eat whatever whatever come along. And just imagine, you know, we live in a world now where we can grow food so plentiful so easily right. that nobody really needs to go hungry today in the whole world. No, but we have a big can't be um, passive or apathetic or pro progressive. I yeah, totally agree. Really get in the dirt and start making things happen. I, I totally agree. And, and that's part of what this whole this whole solution thing is. So mm. think about this. We're, we're, we're in a situation right now where most of the cases that we support, so the human solution has been supporting cases, cannabis cases all across the world for 10 years now. And we have currently... I don't know, dozen cases in the United States that we're supporting. Most of them, if not all of them, are on hold. The courts aren't, aren't, aren't <clears throat> trying cases right now. Okay, so that says, well, we don't have that to do. That, that gives all the defendants a, a break. You know, in some ways it's not good because, you know, the defendants want to be done with it. You know, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that, that when you're going through a case, uh, you just want it to be over. Yeah. But at least you get a little bit of time and you don't have to worry about anything happening to you at this moment. Then we got the prisoners. And so I showed you this uh, one, this one uh, prisoner, Craig, but we have a number of prisoners that we're working with and supporting. <clears throat> right now, at this moment, the government is looking at releasing a bunch of people because of the pandemic issue and um, the susceptibility of elderly people. And so many of our hot prisoners that we support right now are in that category of over 60 years old. And so what makes it really, really dangerous is the contagious factor, how, how contagious this thing is, how easily spread. Um, enclosed environments or communities where people have poor health or retired communities. So Nursing homes, especially, as we've seen in Spain and Italy, um, 
However, though, our communities are much healthier here in the United States. But for instance, in Italy, 98% of the people there had underlying health issues. Yeah, that's that's definitely, um, you know, one of the things that, that people are starting to talk about more is most of the people that are dying from this thing, they're not dying just from it. Mm-hmm. But the deal is when you're in prison, it's an enclosed oh. environment, and, yeah. and it's easy to be not healthy in prison. And so what I'm getting to here is that maybe there's a chance that we could take some of this extra time we have because there's a lot of people not working right now. There's a lot of people staying home. And, and, you know, being safe, whatever it is you're doing. But what if we were to take and, and connect up with some of these prisoners and reach out to your govern, government and say, hey, this person here is highly at risk of being affected by this pandemic, and they're a nonviolent drug offender that has served a ridiculous long time already, and maybe this would be a good time to let them out. I, I think that's the most responsible thing. Really, the attention should be not just the underserved, but the critically, the people that are critical. They have no choice. And the prisoners need our support right now to the, encourage the federal uh, legislators, the decision makers, to do the right decision and let these guys out, especially if they um, have health conditions or they're older. You know, it's, why, why would you trap them? Like that. Exactly. So we're, we're hoping uh, that, that some of you, the listeners, uh, would want to engage um, some of these things. And we have a lot of ways to, to reach out to us. Um, THSINTL.org is our website. And there's a number of uh, like-minded groups that we work with that are also working with prisoners. There's a lot of ways to reach out and get that information. But I know on our website we do have um, how to reach out, and uh, we would encourage support. you to do that. Exactly. Yeah, write, write letters to your representatives. Exactly, exactly. Maybe, so Maybe we can get a petition. Someone can get a petition going. There's a number of petitions that are going right now, and these are one of the things that we can do, too, is is, is bring them together and, and make them available. Make and, them available. And, uh, you know, specifically requesting this. We have a prisoner right now that we support. His name is Michael Thompson. And here, let me... Uh, quickly see if I can grab his information. Now, Michael, we've been working with Michael for a long time here. There he is, Michael Thompson. Now, Michael is currently being held in state prison in Muskegon, Michigan, okay? Now, Michigan is a place where they have passed laws that say you can recreationally and medically have cannabis. They have stores, they have legal grows, they have all of this stuff. And yet Michael Thompson is currently serving. He's, he's been in prison for over 20 years. Okay, and he's going to die in prison if we don't get him out. And we're working really hard behind the scenes at Edie Kirkwood and um, uh, a number of people that, that we work with are working really hard behind the scenes to help get him out. But this week, this weekend, Michael got sick. He's a diabetic, and he found himself um, on the edge of a diabetic coma. And this is happening in prison where everybody's freaking out already. He couldn't get any kind of care at all. Wow. And then finally, uh, on Monday, he, he was able to see a doctor, and he's still you know, really on the edge. Now, now um, 
Stevie's done some behind the scenes work and, and connected with a, a state representative that was able to have some influence on this and, and get him seen by a doctor. But at the end of the day, now would be that perfect time. The governor of Michigan could let him go. Mm. Like right now, right, right. today. Right. Could just say, okay, you're out. And all conditions. I mean, especially with the health conditions. With all of these things going on, and Michael said, a nonviolent is a nonviolent offender. He's been a model prisoner. He's done everything. Well, served way beyond what would be a reasonable sentence for his. Well, it's not just Michael too. It's his family, of it's course. his friends. Oh, absolutely. All the community that he comes from, and so these are real people that, um, like our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, they're exactly. part of a society. Exactly. And we need to uh, advocate for them. We need to support exactly. them. Exactly. Um, their quest for freedom. Really, very simple. So this is another 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 situation that you know. Again, if you if you got find yourself a little extra time, um, this would be a perfect opportunity. You know, we just had uh, Danny Trevino out of Michigan who just got sentenced to, I think it was 18 years in federal prison. Just Lee Trevino's brother? No, 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 no. no. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think they're related, but. But nonetheless, um, the name is, Sorry. it caught your attention. You know, yeah. the, the, at the end yeah. of the day, Danny Trevino is Danny currently Trevino. in federal prison right now. Mm-hmm. And he ain't getting out for, you know. Well, it's another name that goes on the wall. It's an injustice. It's a huge injustice. You need to seek freedom. And Danny, Danny Trevino. Yeah, and he just, this just happened. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a guy who actually was, was running a state legal dispensary. I would suggest that we should pray for these people. Big time. You know, I, we would unify that prayer so that we, we're praying for their well-being and their freedom. That's a very, very powerful force. Well, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, now I want to transition into the Walk for Change. Yeah. Because the Walk for Change is essentially a big prayer. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, a lot of people Everything are, good begins with a prayer. It's all, it's all, everything we do is a prayer, you yeah, know, and yeah. hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully you're well, praying to reverence, you it know, is. thankfulness. And when you combine these elements of plant and crystal and uh, animal, it's at times, you so, pray with feathers. Exactly. It's so what makes it powerful. With the walk for change right now, I've got a lot of people that are concerned because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, fears out there and there's a lot of, uh, excitement about what's happening and we're going to be right. coming from here and going to there and there's going to be all these people and these there really these shouldn't be fear though because fear is simply that of the unknown and you know once you really educate yourself on the subject there's not much that's not unknown it's a known virus and well certainly things that we can do to take care of ourselves and and, and what we know is that we can overcome yes and we know that when it comes down to it, our will to make change is the thing that's going to power this walk for change is that yeah. we we really want these changes we, that we're talking about. It's not like, oh, you know, we should change this thing. It's like, oh, this is really, I want to see this world. I can see this world where this plant can grow without it being a crime. I want to see a world where the only reason why you're homeless is because you don't want to live in a home. I could see a world where it doesn't matter where you came from or what color your skin is or what your last name is or where you came from. None of that because nobody cares. It's just, you're just a person. Right. I want to live in that world. 
much of it's common sense. You know? and, and there are so many things that are just out of uh, balance that, you know, to seek the natural change or a natural balance, that, that's unquestionably the, probably the best thing we can all do. By unifying it, you're, you're becoming one force and you're able to create that change consciously. Because change is the consciousness of what is out of order and your conscious ability to, uh, to bring change is just that. You act on it. Well, you know, the change starts here. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because when people are complaining and people are fearful and they're chaotic and they're um, angry and they're depressed and all of the things that humans get pretty easily for the most part, when you are that way, you're creating an environment for that to be. Sure. And 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 if we train ourselves, and sometimes it takes training, sometimes it comes naturally to be happy, to be hopeful, to be thoughtful, to be reverent, to be joyful, to 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 you know see the good things we want to see, see them in our minds, to to look for the good in things. You know, all of those things we can do just as easy as we can be afraid and angry and and, oh, exactly. and, and, and down and, and all of those. And I think that that's part of the power of this walk for change is that we're spending time looking at the world we want to see and, and, and talking about those things and talking about getting together to have an action that goes from the Pacific Ocean all the way to the Atlantic Ocean and connecting everything and everybody all the way from that part over there to that part over there. And there's all these things and issues that are that, that connect us all, right? Yeah. And, and we all have basic needs and we all have basic... Um, uh, so hugely symbolic, but yet physically also um, is an accomplishment. Oh, I think this is crazy. This call is from an inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded as a subject to monitoring. Hang up to the call. accept. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. There's no lockdown in uh, the federal prison at Terre Haute, Indiana today. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually surprised. I had a lot of people that have been very concerned about you and, and a number of the other inmates that we haven't heard much from lately. And, um, you know, I started the show saying I didn't, I didn't know if we were going to hear from you today, but I'm, I'm glad we are. So tell us how, how you're doing out there. Well, I can give you a little update on what's going on in the Bureau of Prisons. Sure. What they've done in light of the coronavirus is uh, in order to cut down on, you know, inmates gathering together in groups and all that, we no longer go to the uh, food service to eat our foods. We go one cell block at a time. We go grab our food in a styrofoam tray and bring it back and eat ourselves. So that way it keeps us from all sitting together in the, in the chow hall. You know, granted, it, it leaves us standing in line altogether, but th this is the federal government. Also, they've cut out that there's no more visits allowed from our families or from our lawyers. Um, there's been a bunch of other changes. All the staff has to go through uh, getting their temperatures checked and all that before they come in. 
And uh, there seems to be a, a big fear that if any one of either staff or inmates, you know, is tested positive for that virus, they're going to lock the prison down for 30 days. So that that's really our, our fear right now. But uh, what they've done that I could say is uh, in a positive note is to make up for our visits, we're typically allowed 300 minutes a month on the telephone. And, of course, our, our each call is limited to uh, 15 minutes, and we can make uh, – we have to wait at least 30 minutes between making a phone call. That's to break it up so everybody has an opportunity. But now they've allowed us an extra 200 minutes each, which has just made the lines for the phones horrendous. There's, wow. there's four phones uh, shared by 130 guys, and you figure that the phones are used for about – Oh, about six hours a day. So the lines can be pretty long nowadays. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad you were able to make it in for this one. I'm sure they've got lots of sanitizer by those phones too, huh? Well, they did have uh, sanitize our hands and different things along the corridors for two days. And then they quit doing it. So there's there's no sanitizers on the phones. There's no sanitizers. On all the email terminals, there's, I mean, it, it lasted two days. And what I really think is uh, a lot of the containers, the hand sanitizer and the wipes, I think they left it in people's backpacks that they bring in with their lunches. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, uh, just pallet after pallet after pallet of those just disappeared in two days. Well, you know what? They're not at the grocery store either, so... The fact that you had them for a little while, I can't. I can't go to the store and buy them today. They don't. They're not. They're not on anybody's shelves. It's crazy. So yeah, it, it seems like for sure, uh, you know, people were taking advantage of that. That's 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 nuts. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely um, a cause for concern in, in a place where the environment is so closed in, you know, that's, that would certainly, uh, you know, warrant some, some thought. Now, I understand that the federal government is looking at possibly releasing some people that are um, considered to be at risk, uh, elderly folks and uh, some of the nonviolent folks. So um, I just got through uh, explaining to the listeners that you know now might be a perfect opportunity to reach out to your representatives and anybody who who might have any influence um, specifically to address any and all of the prisoners that we support as certainly being nonviolent and many of them being aged folks that that would be highly at risk if there was to be some kind of a outbreak in one of these one of these cell blocks or prisons. Right. Unfortunately, as you know, we are crammed in pretty tightly together. Our diet isn't that great, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, something like that pandemic could, if it did get into the prison, it would spread wildly. In my cell block, um, like I say, there, there's, uh, I think it's 64 cells. And uh, four of the cells have big t- signs on them now that they've been quarantined. Really? <laughs> Wow. And they're locked shut. What I really believe is they, they took out the guys that were in them, and I think it was primarily due to a high fever. So 
remember, this is the flu season, you know, and sometimes there's some pretty evil colds this time of year. So that's what it seems to be because there there hasn't been uh, a coronavirus in this prison, and there was only two uh, uh, patients with COVID from a federal prison in this whole uh, Vigo County, Indiana, where the prison is located. And those people had come from out of town. Well, you know, I've, I've heard that um, gargling with salt water is really effective at, at killing all kinds of bugs. And, you know, salt's pretty readily available wherever most people are. And literally just take a tablespoon of salt, put it in a cup of water, and gargle in the back of your throat for a good 20 minutes. And just that alone can, uh, you know, prevent a lot of stuff. So I'm hoping that... People are using, you know, simple tools that they can, um, you know, to keep to keep that stuff off of you if you can. I, I've, I've read that as well. And, um, that there's a several things. They even mentioned that light exercise is good because it, it depletes some sort of enzyme in your body. Your body, <clears throat> excuse me, sends out some sort of other enzyme to make up for it. And that enzyme is really good at fighting coronavirus. So absolutely, I mean, I've heard a lot of different things. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, my I just produced a, a new product that's an immune boosting elixir. I wish I could send some to you, but you know, there's all kinds of things that if you just look and you uh, um, you know you study what what kind of things help out your health and a little simple exercise and trying to find some fresh fruit or you know, get some vitamin C into your body is, is always a plus. And then, of course, um, you know, things like that, keeping your keeping your hands clean and, uh, um, you know, gargling with salt water, that kind of thing can be real helpful. Too bad we couldn't get a, a sage stick in there and uh, do a smudge around your place. No, 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 Cow hall, but we, we can buy salt shaker. Let's call it from a federal prison. Well, so that, that is a help. And a lot of guys are just worried about their families out on the street and things like that. You know, one gentleman I just spoke to a little while ago is a Puerto Rican guy from uh, New York City, and New York City has been really badly, you know, harmed here recently by the virus. Yeah, uh, apparently New York has got more than. 50% of the cases in the U.S., um, and, you know, I'm sure it's because uh, everybody's so stacked together so closely more than anything, um, but for whatever reason, that's definitely uh, where most of the cases are coming from, but, you know, even still, historically, if you were to look at the amount of cases of the flu, um, and even the people that died from flu or, or other kinds of colds and, and whatever, um I, I I still frankly don't think that what this is 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 causing as much death and destruction as as it's given credit for. But the thing that it does have is it's pretty aggressive at growing and spreading. So it's it's propensity to do that for weak people or people that are that are susceptible. That's where the big problem comes from, I think. Right, unfortunately, being the novel coronavirus, meaning a new one, there's not people around, uh, as with the flu, that would have a natural immunity. So if, if 
if you expose a group of people, a higher percentage of them will come down with it than will come down with the flu if they were exposed. So, yep. unfortunately, that's the scary part, especially in the prison, where there's 960-something of us all crammed together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, um, it, it's changing a lot of things. It's changing the way people are doing business. It's changing the way people are communicating, um, even – even in the post office, I was just in the post office today, and there's a sign saying everybody's got to stand six feet apart. And I, I waited in line to, to mail some packages, and I got up to the counter, and the, and the lady at the counter said, okay, put the package down and step away, past the green line. And there was literally a green line of tape on the floor. And so I had to step back past it before she would step up towards the package. And then... She weighed the packages and figured out how much it was, told me, and then stepped back. And then I had to put the money down on the counter. And then she took the money and gave me change and put the receipt on the thing. And then she stepped back and I stepped forward. And I was like, wow, you know, it's everybody's all in the same room. Everybody's touching these packages. But, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a lot of weird, weird things happening right now. But you know what is happening is we've got all this electronic communication now, and we're putting together um, electronic meetings, um, video conferences, and things like that. So our walk for change is going to continue on, and we're adapting and adjusting right now. We're figuring out uh, the best way to organize people, regardless of what happens. You know, it may very well be that, um, you know, they might even postpone the general election. We may end up leaving a little later than we were going to. Or it may be that, um, you know, we all walk 10 feet apart. Or it may be that we um, have a bunch of smaller events that, um, you know, are complementing this walk. And uh, we have a whole lot of virtual video um, engagement and, you know, somewhat, smaller personal uh, appearances. I don't know how it's specifically going to play out, but it is, it's still growing and gaining steam and we're still, um, we're still making these, making these changes. So we're still going to be walking, still going to be passing across your pal. And, um, you know, we're, we're committed as ever to making this happen. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, people are trying to, you know, keep their distances. People are trying to be smart about this. So my hope is is that it'll peak in the next couple, in the next week or so, and then start trailing off in uh, April, where by May people can feel safe. Well, our uh, our, our commander in chief is talking about uh, Easter as the big day. So that gives us a couple of weeks, and we'll see what happens. And I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but. You know what? I, I'm I'm the eternal optimist. I'm like one of these really goofy guys who always says there's a way for it to work. I just know it, and um, I just as as daunting as this might seem to a lot of people, I firmly believe in the resolve of of, the, of humanity and our ability and um, and really our 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 will to make the changes we want to see and get through whatever comes our way. You know, we're remarkably resilient, and we can recover from anything, and I, I think that that's what we're going to do. I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I think, uh, 
we're going to come through this. There's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of how soon. And I think people are people are inspired to make it sooner rather than later. As we've seen, uh, it seems like most of China is over the hump. South Korea is over the hump. Uh, Taiwan is over the hump. You know, hopefully our hump, like I say, hopefully it's going to be in the next week and things will only get better. Well, and you know, the, the good news is, is you know, the, the, the hit that the economy has taken with this is a superficial hit. It's not it, – there, there wasn't a flood that wiped out, you know, the infrastructure. There wasn't an earthquake. There wasn't a war where we have to rebuild, a, you know, uh, Europe. It, it's, it's literally the power got turned off for a few days, and we can turn it back on and get back to work. Well, Craig, here's your first beef. I want to make sure you've got time to finish your thoughts before we get cut off, and so I'm going to turn it back to you. Well, I would like to ask the listeners to uh, do reach out to your uh, congressmen, to your senators, to your representatives, and make a point that our prisons are dangerous places when there's a pandemic around. I mean, just prisoners are very, very susceptible. And there's a lot of people like me. I'm I'm 60 years old, a first-time offender serving life for a marijuana charge. And maybe we Americans have to look at, you know, why are we putting people like me in danger of their life, you know, which is a crime a lot worse than I'm actually in prison for. Right. And uh, maybe, we, maybe we have to look at... So, take note of what just happened there, okay? That's incredible. Craig Cecil, a man who is facing not only a sentence that puts him in a spot where he's never going to get out of prison unless we do something about it. Yeah, but also death time. He's also facing potentially this disease that's yeah. creeping into its place. At the expense of the taxpayer. All of it at the expense of the taxpayer for a nonviolent drug offense. And listen to his voice. He was upbeat. Uh-huh. He was calm. He was Love positive. He's a, he's, rational. A, he's a rational, thoughtful individual. And I just wish that we could... I wish there was more people with that level-headedness in all of our society. Exactly. It really doesn't. All right. Now, we have another special guest. George Martorano is on the line right now, and Becca is screening through the calls, but I I recognize George's number here, so I'm just going to go ahead and supersede this and bring him on. George Martorano, a longtime friend of the show, friend of the organization, lifetime member of the Human Solution International Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing today? Hey, how you doing out west? Uh, hope everything's all right. Everybody's faring well out there. I'm trying to get out there in the in the month of April. Miss everybody. And, uh, you know, it's just, what can I say? You know, we're living through some, uh, some dire times. It's historic. And uh, I'd like to share a story tonight, if I may, Joe. Uh, yes, a little uh, since. Some years back, you know, I've been 32 years, 32 plus years in prison. I lost count of all the prisons I've been in. And just the five years in solitary, they kept moving me around because it was illegal. But anyway, uh, I remember one year, I don't know what it was, in the 90s or something, and uh, the prison had a very bad flu uh, uh, influenza epidemic at the prison. 
I mean, it got so big, the people were dropping all over the compound. And, uh, you know, the medical department couldn't handle it. So what do they do? They just lock you in your cell. And they come around. Uh, they come around early in the morning and say, you okay? And uh, you need anything? And they just give you some some uh, uh, thing. But anyway, this went on for a while. All of a sudden, the guards just left. The guards just left us in. I don't know if the union pulled them out or whatever. And it took a day and a half, ladies and gentlemen uh, that are listening to the show, a day and a half before uh, we received any meals. And uh, who brought them was the National Guard. They issued three uh, three soldiers to every cell block, uh, corporal and two regular cell blocks. Anyway, so I, I lived through this in, the, in dire prison situations where, you know, I'd look out my prison door and, and uh, guys were taken away in stretchers during this when this prison was wiped out with influenza, and I never seen them anymore. So that's just a small portion, but you know it's very, very, uh, it's very uh, scary. Uh, I understand corona, this uh, corona, uh, coronavirus now is in prisons. You know, all they can do is just lock you in. They're not going to take an affected prisoner and send them to another prison. And uh, now it's on the it's on the news that the president is letting some people out which is good, but again, they're not addressing the the severe maximum security penitentiaries in the Fed, so, you know, right now, I can I can almost guarantee you right now that my penitentiaries are going off, because they're going to say, well, we got nothing coming. They're not going to let us out. We're here to die, and uh, you're having some bad situations, not only for the prisoners, but for the staff. You know, just because you work at a prison, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. So I, 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 I've been through it at a small scale where, you know, with this, uh, when, the, when a virus hits a prison. And uh, um, thank God, uh, I, I got a friend right now in MCC New York is going through it. So I lived it firsthand, Joe. Believe me when I say I lived it firsthand. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> we just got off the phone with Craig Cecil, who's, you know, serving life, life prison for pot just like you were doing, and he said that uh, they're testing the guards and the staff, and they're checking them for, you know, their temperatures, and, and if anybody brings it in, that they're going to lock the place down for 30 days is their plan so far, but um, nobody's nobody's caught anything yet, and they've, they've locked down a few cells because somebody got a fever. You know, like you said, this is time of year when People get sick anyways, generally. So, um, you know, out of an abundance of caution, he said that they had actually some uh, extra hand-washing stations for two days, but then that was all gone. Uh, the hand sanitizer all disappeared, and, and um, you know, they don't know where all the pallets of materials went, but probably slipped home in the, in the guards' uh, backpacks and whatnot. The, the sheriff in one of the Midwest towns was um, um, caught with uh, FEMA, FEMA supplies. And he, instead of going to the sheriff department, he took it back home to his community and added out all the math. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, George, we're going to keep yeah. on keeping on and, and, you know, sharing this message of, of, of positivity and, um, you know, letting people realize that um, the people that are locked up right now, uh, we cannot forget about them. We need to, we need to be vigilant and and keep pushing forward so that 
you know, we can have a world where the only people that are locked up are people that are a danger to society. You know, that's what prisons were built for, and somehow we lost sight of that, turned them into a big business. And um, yeah. I don't think that, I just don't right, think that right. it needs to be that way. Uh, for all my, uh, you know, prison, uh, when you talk about prison, uh, people miss the, you know, they miss the concept that it's a woman thing, too. There's, even though know, there's men locked away, but there's women locked away, too. And it's nothing scarier to men when you're totally helpless and there's something like a virus going through your prison and you're just yeah. locked. And I understand it's, it's all through Rikers Island. And New York, Rikers Island has close to 30,000 30, prisoners on that island. So imagine uh, going through that. So it's very scary. Yeah. It's very scary. Yeah. And, uh, it is absolutely. And, uh, yeah, all I can do is you know, just keep putting my messages out there. That's all I can do, Joe. Well, George, and uh, incidentally, you know my, uh, you know I have my hip hemp cafe in Philly. We do a, we do a nice business with CBDs and, and, uh, you know uh, the law is that uh, that uh, I'm not saying the law. Right now, they, the directive mayor did a directive that you can't have them come in. You only can do delivery, and so I'm doing basically delivery and curbside. Uh, you know, I sell you curbside sales, but. I've been. I had a line all day, and uh, the people are the people are saying they can't can't take it in anymore. They need something to cope with it, even if they're yeah. not ill. You know, sticking people people in a room with, with each other. And I actually went out and I, you know, I stood my distance and talked to the people in line, and they just said that you know we're going starry. We need the CBDs. So again, the cannabis plant is uh, is doing a big help where. You know, there's a. Uh, I understand the, the the domestic violence has went up because you know people are not used to just being locked away with each other. And uh, I tell you a funny story. So it's always good to laugh, ladies and gentlemen. But a lady friend of mine, uh, she's in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and her, her little five-year-old daughter's uh, on Skype to go to school. She's on school at the classroom, so the mother was busy around the house. And the mother gets a call from the teacher, and the teacher tells the mother, will you please get your daughter? She's mooning me. <laughs> <laughs> so the five, five-year-old five was supposed to be doing class, and she's mooning the teacher. I think that's so funny. I I, 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 I'm <laughs> curious to see how she turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so he's, well, she's a cannabis mom. She has a cannabis mom. She'll turn out all right. I like it. All right. I like it. All right, my, All right, my uh, West Coast family, stay safe out there. Please stay safe. Exactly. And, uh, Thank you I got so much for checking. Kurt, I, how's D.D. Kurtwood? I got to call her. I've been so busy trying to hold things Dee Dee together. Dee anyway. doing wonderful work. She's, she's on the line listening. But she is um, actually, you know what I'm going to do, George? I'm going to put D.D. on just for one second here so she can talk to you directly. D.D. Kirkwood, okay. I got you on the line with George Martirano, what do you say to that? Hello? Didi, are you there? Uh, she might have walked away from her from her phone. Oh, well. Right. I'll I thought call I, her. I thought, yeah. No, absolutely. here I am. I thought I had her there. Oh, what? hold on, hold yeah. on. I just shut you back up. Give me one sec. I'll put you back on again. <laughs> there we go. All right. Didi and George, I, you're, you're in the room together. 
Hey, my sweetheart, how are you? Oh, Oh, thanks for everything that you do. It's a time just of fellowship, and it's just great to have everybody just come together for this show in this one moment. So we love you. Thank you so much for for being part of Everybody's Everything, George. Yeah, I I was going to call you today, but please forgive me. I'm delivering. I'm actually a delivery boy. I'm running running all over the city delivering orders of CBD because so many people emotionally and physically in need of it. It can't come out. So, you know, I start delivering. I start delivering from 9 in the morning, and I just finished an hour ago. And wow. I have other people delivering just to keep people have some peace because, you know, they're, they're ordered to stay in. But I was yeah. going to call you today. I'm sorry I didn't, but I'm, I'm going to oh get out there soon. Oh, I'm going to get out wonderful. there soon. Oh, hope and to see just, you. Uh, okay. We love you, George. Thank you. Take care, right. George. Thank love you. you. Okay. Right. Bye-bye, Thank guys. You. All right. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you guys Thank both you. real soon. Judy Kirkwood okay. and George Marcherato. All right. Here we're going to – I don't see Tom Corby on the line, and we've only got a few minutes left of the show, and I need to see Tom Corby on the line if he's going to be able to talk. Um, so I see Donna's there, and I see Frank's there. So if you guys can make sure Tom calls in, I can make sure and bring him in. But we're going to close the show down at 6 o'clock, and we got three minutes. So in that three minutes, um, Charles, I, I, I want to bring this up because I think it's really important. One of the things that brought us together is the Walk for Change. One of the things that brought us together is medicine, the plant medicine, the the stone medicine, energy medicine, earth medicine, and all the things that we have in common. But one of the issues that we're walking for is an issue that brought you to me is is this, uh, um, you know, generational disaster that's happening out in San Carlos, mm-hmm. Arizona. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, give you a, a, a couple of minutes to just talk about that just for a second as you see fit. Um, just to bring to our attention one of the reasons we're walking, one of the reasons that we're getting together, and it's not just these ethereal things, it's not just these um, big fundamental things, but some of these are very specific disasters that have happened and that need to be dealt with. Well, it's an ongoing crisis like the federal prison uh, issue, very much the same, um, only it has to do with the Native American reservation, which actually is a form of concentration camp, so... Uh, we were already confined, and of course it wasn't us, it was our grandparents, great-grandparents. However, in that context, in the 50s and 60s, our reservation was used as a testing ground for uh, the development of chlorinated isotopes that are herbicides and pesticides. And so uh, before Agent Orange, it was known as Sildex, uh, which is far more toxic in its content of dioxin than actually Agent Orange is what we're finding out. And a steep history of just um, testing and storages that have never been historically addressed. And so we're bringing forward uh, water issues that really affect more than our community that are extenuating to the state and even far beyond that go uh, into the Colorado River and out to the ocean. So very much like the Mississippi issue with um, some of the runoffs from the fields, agriculture, and how it's... um, uh, creating dead zones in the Gulf of Texas. So this is very much a, a very similar thing, but much more toxic as one of the uh, hot spots, I guess you could say, in the world. 
And it's a concern for the whole state of Arizona, probably California and northern Mexico. So we're bringing some uh, attention to that. It's been established as an EPA uh, Superfund site for herbicides. And so uh, all the discovery, it's been established, yeah, that's what it is there. Now we're uh, dealing with uh, providing uh, intervention for clean water, uh, food, and nutrition, which is what this um, whole movement of health is about. And so we're joining that walk, uh, and not only to bring our issue, but to support these other issues that are very important that Joe has brought forward to. Uh, they're underserved. There's no real um, salvation or patriots or um, good. the goodwill is not there. We see that with the work you're doing. So it's a very, very uh, deep honor to be able to come and work alongside or assist in anything that we can do. Well, you know, in establishing the People's Chapter of the Human Solution International, um, this is going to bring together uh, issues that are that are central to uh, certain groups. Yeah. And this is one of the things that is, uh, you know, prevalent on many of the reservations. It's not this specific problem, but there's ecological problems in, in many of these places. Uh, they've used Environmental places, issues. Uh, yeah. all kinds of yeah problematic situation. Well, the Navajo nations where they got much of the uranium mining, so mm -hmm. the open dumps there, and on and on and on. It goes on and on. So, so yeah. bringing this all together, bringing the people together, bringing uh, the awareness and raising up uh, you know, water the, the is community. Life. Water is life. What are we going to do with the, when all our water is bad? Yeah, you know? water is required for all of these things. For so everything. Nutrition, for the medicines, the foods that we're working with. So just, just see what happens when you don't have water for a while. Right. You know, it doesn't work. It yeah. doesn't work at all. Uh, so I end up like a prune myself. So, so <laughs> you know, as as this as this show is growing its audience and people are coming aware, there's probably thousands of people that are they're hearing about this for the first time. Mm. Um, maybe this has touched some people in a way that they say, whoa, what? I want to look this up. I want to learn more about it. How do they get a hold of you, or how do they learn more? Uh, you can contact us through the Chiricahua uh, website, the ChiricahuaApache.org, and uh, or through the San Carlos Apache Chamber of Commerce, uh, SanCarlosApache.com. Just send us an email to any of those links. Um, it's it's really an expansive issue because of the um, environmental concerns that many people and families have. You know, obviously today there's a lot of, uh, 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 let's just say, health disorders that we all have concerns with and that are directly related with uh, chemical toxins exposures. Everything from um, uh, Ms. Brockovich to back east, um, uh, some of the dachshund contaminations, radioactivity, heavy metals, uh, all these environmental concerns can be addressed, and it's really just take some care. Uh, so phytoremediation using natural plants to detoxify the earth. And so we're exploring these uh, options and solutions as we also develop a greater nutritional uh, base and being able to grow and provide food for ourselves and medicine. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, you know, we, we generally do a two-hour, one-hour show, but today... We're gonna because of other things we have going on. We're gonna we're gonna do this one hour show. Um, it looks like Tom Corby called in, slid in at the last second. He's being screened right now. Um, you know, I want to encourage everybody. We have uh, 30 plus chapters of the Human Solution International, and we're being told by the government, you know, we need to keep apart. Well, I have 
one finger that generally addresses those kind of things. Um, and it, it's my biggest one, just just in case you want to know which one it is. But the truth is, it's not to be flippant, not to be, you know, I recognize that there are dangers and, and that, that people going around and being around a lot of people and then going and visiting other people. Hell, my daughter was exposed to the coronavirus, and now oh. my granddaughter's staying with me for a week because, mm. you know, we're, we're, we, we want to avoid this. You know, oh, I, I don't let people into my house. Right. The way I used to, and right. normally I've been very, you know, eager to have people come in my house. So I've been refraining from getting in any proximity to politicians. Well, I know you live out in the middle of nowhere, and I live out in the middle of nowhere, so yeah. the odds of, of, of us having issues are, are less uh, than most. Are less than most. So, yeah. anyways, um, I got Tom Corby on the line. Tom Corby is a man who I met uh, seven, eight years ago while traveling through California on the way back from. Um, Montana, where we went, we took a bus trip all the way up to Montana because the guy was being sentenced for pot. Oh, and so we spent a week, ten days on the road in this bus, and we 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 more or less thumbed our way. We had no money, we had no food, we had nothing, and we just yeah we just did it out, out of hail mary. Yeah, and we had a few people that sponsored the trip, and we people would we'd stop along the way, and people would feed us, and they throw some dollars in the gas tank, and, you know, we did it. We made it. They were back, and on the way back, I met Tom Corby, who was going through a case at the time, and, and we he put us up, this whole bus full of people. He opened his home to us and fed us and took care of us, and, wow. and that's where I met him, and we opened up our NorCal chapter, which was one of our very first chapters, and Tom has been instrumental in helping people all over northern central California Awesome. Since I've known him and uh, consider him certainly a brother from another mother, Mr. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Well, I want to thank you, Joe. Uh, I'm driving right now, and I'm going to pull in right over here so I can talk. Always, as always, I want to thank Joe and Becca and Lisa, all on the front lines especially right now, coming together, which we need to do. Uh, this coronavirus caught a lot of us on guard. I think the worst thing right now is start another pandemic, like I talked on a radio show last week, and panic over it. I'm going to say it again. I'm 77 years old. I've been told I shouldn't even go to the grocery store. Even if I get this virus, I really feel that I'm going to nail it like I have all these years for a simple reason that I try to keep my immune system strong. How do we do that again? They're talking about fruits and vegetables, and these fruits and vegetables, hopefully they're organic. They're full of vitamins and minerals that your body needs, especially vitamin C. We're thankful we have a lemon tree, hot water, and lemon right That's now. Great lemon is, too. Mm. Yes, hot water and lemon is, is uh, something I do every day anyway. Even lime, even a lime in my beer, <laughs> because good stuff, they good uh, stuff. Well, not uh, find that uh, even though they're acidic, as they hit the body, they alkalize. So what's that say? All disease can only really live in an acid environment. This is proven not only holistically, but scientifically. So if we alkalize our body, 
fruits and vegetables, and I, now I've heard almonds are alkalizing. We can help get out of the, the acid disease state. Of course, it's so necessary, as hard as it is for all of us, and we're still learning. We don't want to be throwing rocks, and I'm not going to be throwing the first stone that he said we should have, they should have. Look at Italy. All right. Right now, I feel that we're doing the best we can. That's what the Americans do. We put our politics aside. This is not left, right, uh, Republicans, Democrats. We're all coming together. Uh, the whole world must come together here and put our rifts aside and help those that need to help the most and, of course, help ourselves stay clean. Hygiene so important right now. Uh, staying isolated. Uh, I believe it's could, uh, <clears throat> this uh, virus can stay in the air for three hours. It can stay on uh, metal for days. So we keep our handy wipes around. We wash our hands, hot soap and water. And they're also talking about not drinking cold stuff right now, uh, even, even your meals. Have you heard that too, Joe? Say it again. Well, that to drink more uh, warm water and even warm food right now, rather than cold. Oh, yeah. This virus, yeah. Well, this virus can't live in in a temperature over eighty degrees. So they say go out in the sun, go out in the fresh air, and even hot showers. And, uh, wash your clothes more often, and all these things we can do and share with other people. I know a lot of, especially the kids now, they're not taking it as serious as they should be. And they're, what they're doing, they're bringing home to the grand folks. I wouldn't want that karma. So all you kids out there, and these kids here are getting the message here, and they're passing it on. This must be taken very seriously. All the two things I've been through, war, all these years, I never thought I'd see the day that the whole world could possibly shut down so we learn to live at home we grow our own not only our cannabis we grow fruits and vegetables and and we learn to to survive life's about survival anyway and it's not easy out here folks it's a rough tough road to hold sometimes living each and every day so we all must come together now and stand our ground Together we stand and take the best care of ourselves. I think about uh, the prisoners. Uh, now they're letting a lot of the, uh, I say no victim, no crime. They shouldn't be in there anyway. Uh, they're let, a lot letting uh, uh, prisoners out now, which is good, and especially uh, nonviolent prisoners, of course, uh, which is good too. So... Uh, uh, and don't forget to breathe. <laughs> that also helps. Uh, I'm indoors a lot. I have a uh, a stationary bike that I get on. In fact, I need to go home and get on it to keep my heart strong and my blood pressure down and also helps uh, get to this. Uh, getting plenty of exercise, drinking lots of water, fresh air, sunshine. Uh, I just hope that helps some folks out there. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything that will help get us through this, and I really think we will.
Uh, I want to thank everybody today as always. Uh, and again, uh, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. Unless there's anything, Joe, that right, you want you so to. Uh, yeah. No, no I think we're, we're, we're going to end it nice and smooth and easy today. So I appreciate you being here as always. And um, we're going to wrap her up and get into uh, looking at the next week already. So, Tom Corby, always a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you soon. That would be great. All right, visit. we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. Corby, folks. All right, everybody. It's been a good show. I appreciate Charles for coming out here and joining us, sharing a few words. And, um, you know, as we're building this people's chapter, we're going to be spending more and more time together and figuring out the ways to reach out to the people that need the help yep. and make ourselves available to the people that want to help, maybe even as, as important or more. All right, that's it for today, folks. Let's see what old Willie Nelson has to say about it all, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said, Don. You were always on.